The COVID-19 diagnosis of Donald Trump has sent this 2020 election on a tizzy. Where George Floyd has passed away, the immigrant community suffers. The weird Jumanji spell that is going around on TikTok, and can we really go back in time? All that and more on Beyond Deserve, starting right now. This is Beyond This Earth. Welcome to Beyond This Earth. This is Novid Hollaback. That's Hollaback. Man. If I told you that last week we were going to have changes in this election that people would have never thought happened, you would have been pretty much a rich man because my goodness the changes in this election are just too fast to keep up but i'm just going to keep this short because this first segment is 30 minutes and i'm not going to go too much into a lot of the things that have happened this week all of the links for episode three episode two and episode one included plus future episodes are on the page and on the link linky dash slash beyond this earth very important that you go there to get the link because people think of that send a source those are your sources first off nobody knows about the president of the united states and his condition they said he's doing fine a lot of other people don't believe so the fallout was immediate, truly immediate. People are now saying that the hatch head needs to be activated because he is putting everyone in danger. The White House has been scrubbed down every single day of the week. Have they made the people's house? into a toxic biological hazard because of the inability of our security agencies to handle a pandemic such as this. The debate committee has been going through some very difficult times as well as they have been outed in working with George Soros and Warren Buffett who ironically has been connected to Black Lives Matter as one of the pig pigs for this particular corporation. A movement that is now a corporation and guess who's a part of it? George Soros and now William Buffett. Warren Buffett, excuse me. It's like it's never ending with the news that are coming out of this particular election cycle. Speaking of the election cycle, we had a vice president debate, vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. And the biggest star, at least to the major media, is a fly that was on top of the head of Mike Pence. 
You can't make this shit up, folks. They put the fly as the winner of the debate. And ironically, the fly can get a buy rate. When the highest rating rated uh, vice presidential events ever, ever, while the presidential debate was pretty much down the last time they did it. But get, last the uh, a week ago but guess what where was the substance the issues no it was all about oh this is excuse me excuse me i'm talking i'm talking like a stupid ass hoe that turned into a teacher my god this woman reached to the top by opening up them legs is that what black women have gone as a degenerated into? What type of crap you gonna play me for? My God. I mean, Pence wasn't, wasn't perfect. But Jesus almighty. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later about the choices a lot of people make somewhat related to what Alan Moore said to deadline a couple of days ago, actually but speaking back to that debate, another presidential debate was is off the cards. Do you know why it's off the cards? Simple presidential debate off the cards because the president is they're not sure that he still has the COVID. He's not sure that he has the COVID. And he was on an interview with Fox News where he pretty much said to Iran, fuck around with us and you'll find out. And was coughing throughout some of the things. So everybody's still worried. But then in the interest of fairness, Biden was also coughing without the mask on. He just put the mask a little bit and started going to hurt, hurt, which he's not supposed to do. But then again, he's wearing the mask to saying that it's a patriotic duty and all the rest of that particular thing. Like I said before, they're not telling us the truth about the virus. Then we have another article that comes up dealing with this virus saying that the longer report has come out, it's on one of the links. They said it is a low-level biological weapon. And the 20 pages are there. You can go see it for yourself and make up your own this mind. Oh, my mind's made up because nobody in this country got a damn clue how to handle a low-level biological weapon. Regardless if it was released by accident or not. It is a low-level biological weapon, and things and people and countries need to be punished for what they have done. Regardless, it does not matter. It has to take place. It is a just attack for an unjust thing or an accident. Repercussions must be taken. Speaking of repercussions and natural security issues, we have Kelly Ken Conway's daughter trying to play herself and wondering and, and, and trying to 
saying truth to the Democrat Party and the mainstream media. But is anybody wondering why a 15-year-old girl has become Joan of Arc for these liberals and the reasons why Donald Trump is trying to get rid of TikTok is not because of Kellyanne Conway's daughter trying to tell the truth, quote-unquote, to the liberals and the Democratic Party and the main mainstream media, which can't handle the truth no more. It's because China is still have their servers there. And you see, when somebody that is close to the president especially a 15-year-old girl who doesn't like her mama no more and thinks her father's a cuck, is sending very dangerous information through the internet that is owned by, right now, the people that has caused the problems in the freaking first place, and nobody is asking the honest questions on why you got serious problems. Not only that, not only that, back to the debate, the debate and the committee that do, does these debates were surprised at the ratings and realizing that they are getting ratings over similar ratings to like a Jeopardy and all the rest of it. They said, can we do this debate virtual? Biden said, of course we do it virtual. Trump said, are you kidding me? I do this in public. I'm fine. What, what, what you, what you boys talking about? Under the abundance of caution and all the rest of these things, the event for the second presidential debate has canceled. You people have got to be kidding me. So now they have decided to do town halls. All the live long day town halls. Town halls, folks. It is just a mess. An utter disgusting mess. Then we have news about the governor of Michigan and the plot to kidnap her by anarchists and supposed, well, I shouldn't say suppose it. Let me rephrase it. By white nationalist groups called the Wolverine Volunteers. And these groups got together. The FBI was investigating them. FBI figured some things out. Didn't I say this last week? Last week. Didn't I say this last week? I know I said it last week. That the FBI has counter insurgency agents within Black Lives Matter, within Antifa within the alt-right groups, within the white extremist groups, and thereof. They're within these groups. Within. So I don't understand. 
Why? Anyone that has an opinion outside of what the leftists give when it comes to arguments about how this country should be run, how the people should be treat treat each other. I don't understand why y'all put why you play the game of oh let's join together, get some guns, start talking shit on the internet, and all the rest of this bull crap, and think you're gonna get anywhere. Didn't I say this last week? Didn't I say it? There ain't gonna be none. If they will stop it before it gets too high. We know the problems with the FBI, they're myriad. But they will stop things before they get too hot. This is a this is a shame. That is happening now, but it's going to increase. Because one side has taken one end and have says that and have said that you cannot live with us in this particular society like the way we used to do it anymore unless you do blah 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 this. But have no respect for men, no respect, no authority, no of all of this. It's just going to be a feminized treaties from here on out. You folks are in trouble. If this is what today and now they're coming up and say, oh, it's vanilla ISIS. Get the fuck out of here. We're calling these guys vanilla ISIS. The more you continue to give these people any sort of platform to spread their wares, even if it is in the form of scary Terry moments, like they did here with this particular incident that could have gotten very bad. The more you have convinced others that are feeling a little bit left out in our society on all, all ends to go to these groups as a form of entertainment because the entertainment industry doesn't want to entertain anymore. They want to preach. They want to indoctrinate. They want to do all the other things that other people have tried to warn them against, but everybody has forgotten. It's a sad indictment on our country that these sorts of things are happening. But an interesting thing that has come up with one of these particular suspects is that that one of them doesn't like Trump and can't be necessarily fitted into these rest of these groups. But the others, it is what it is. And we'll have more evidence as it comes out about this particular issue. But they said it before. Mac Forney said it before. I'm going to say it again. They're not going to allow you to have these types of groups 
in this country. As soon as anything near those four numbers, those 12 words start coming out of people's mouths on the internet, they have got you dead to rights. got you dead to rights the only thing that you want to do if you want to defeat liberals is very simple the things to defeat liberalism and all the rest of these things is to not give in to their bullshit their arguments are inherently weak a majority of them are and the ones that are not weak and have sound and have a sound basis in reality have already been proven through experience. Here's something that you need to also understand. What is it these particular entities, as it were, are trying to tell us about these particular types of nationalist groups? They have been popping up in the last several years. What are they trying to tell us? And why is it that it is in these places with heavy duty opioid additions that have been going around over the last several years in these communities? These are desperate people trying to find answers to what the fuck is going on in their society. That's all it is. Giving them catchphrases and all the rest of these things are not going to solve the problem. Trying to make a separation between one side of humanity and the other is not going to solve the problem. It's just going to make it worse. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to mention about this a little bit later is about the acceptance of degeneracy and the acceptance of a purity of beauty and all the rest of it, the acceptance of what either or a lot of people are going to have to understand that a lot of leftism today has been co-opted by these people who just want to go and take something inside their bodies. Whatever if it's drugs, whatever if it's sexual fluids, the whole nine yards. And a lot of other people do not want that for their children or even for themselves. The fight is for that. The fight basically is, is the dopamine hit. Not only dopamine hit, cortisone hit. Not only the cortisone, how much more our brains have been fucked over badly that has led into the mess that we can't even do the right thing concerning this coronavirus in particular. We don't even have the right PPE to solve this particular problem. And it is causing disaster upon disaster upon disaster. 
Oh, let's not forget a couple of days ago, Hillary Clinton was on her podcast. And it's not a radio show, folks. It's a podcast officially. Her show. It said that Black Lives Matter is a theological statement. Nope, it's not. It's liberation theology. And liberation theology is counter to everything that any religion says about anything. But in certain ways, they use Islam as part of that liberation theology because this, that thing, they want, don't want to do all these particular things and whatnot. It's related to it because they see politics as religion and religion as politics and they don't separate the two. In lots of sects in Islam, it's the same concept of politics and religion and we can't separate it. So it has to be a part of the whole thing. They want to do that similar concept in Black Lives Matter when it comes to what is considered the African-American churches, as it were. I don't believe it is going to be like that in the future, but being it a theological statement is beyond the pale. Oh, and not to be outdone, not to be outdone, the CIA director, no, the Department of State, Secretary of State James Pompeo has said that we have found a majority of Senator Clinton's emails and some of it is already online on our website, stick.gov. And he did it on Newsmax. And the media isn't going to report on it because what will the media do? The media is lost. The media doesn't have the people, the right people in there. The right person who's doing the job is the is denied because some drunk hoe in the CSV news is out there being a drunk hoe. Can we just say the truth? Can we just say the truth for once? It's it's her doing drunk hoe things. I want to go back to the debate for one second just to showcase a humongous problem I am beginning to see in this debate analysis, as it were. We now have truthiness and true facts going on on CSE News and other places, misleading possibly misleading, inconclusive, false, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. A lot of these news organizations are giving Kamala Harris a pass, especially with their pundits. I don't think Kamala Harris had command of anything and was unfortunately, as you began to see the debate, was doing things that are showcasing the issues that African-American women have with men of all color, especially with African-American men, that they're catty, that they're angry, 
that they micromanage things, that they teach and they preach to look, I'm talking, I'm talking, excuse me, I'm talking, I'm talking. No, that's not true. I'm talking, excuse me, you had to say, like a teacher. This is one of the fundamental reasons why nothing get, there can be no humility in it. No, no humility between both both men and women in that community. And it expresses itself in a way we see with the Megan Stallion issues and the Tory Lane issues. It expresses itself in Cardi B and Offset. It somewhat expresses itself in certain ways with other particular act with the uh, Housewives of Atlanta. This is how it expresses itself. And one of the things that it continues to express itself is that you're beginning to witness something very dark that is happening is that as women start to gain power, we begin to see the issues that have happened with not necessarily with broken families in those women that had that are now gaining power in our um, entertainment fields and our political fields and so on. That they don't know how to respond to men because men may have abused them in, within their families. Men may have hurt them within their families. Men may have um, abandoned the families as it were, or in many cases, a lot of women have lied about their fathers who have separated from them, not because they just didn't like the family, but they just didn't like the woman they were dealing with. And as you begin to see that, that insecurity, a lot of it legitimate in certain cases, that, that insecurity, that anxiety is causing problems with everybody they are leading towards. So with one of the news items that we see today that they're looking for a female president for Warner Brothers, how do I know that person's family life is not going, or past family life as a child and all the rest of these things are either hindrance or positive in order how they run these companies. And it was the same thing with the men too, but they handle it in different ways because back in the day, they had other ways of getting over a lot of the issues in life. And the strange little thing that I read a couple days ago on Echo Sophia, which is a Michael, uh, uh, John Michael Grove web, web page that he talked about Herman Hest. And Herman Hest wrote some fascinating books. And back in the past, a lot of these liberals were fans of this particular uh, um, author. But he started to lose favor in the late 1970s and the early 1980s. Started to lose favor. And you begin to see a change with the way education 
was taught when that split happens. A similar thing is happening now with a lot of these podcasters with with um, um, Rogan and others of people not handling things that and other issues of that particular nature. And so the unable, the inability to handle these types of topics and the way people live lives and the disagreements between those lot between how we dis, how we live lives is causing a lot of headache with a lot of liberals. But one thing you need to understand, and ultimately y'all need to see this for it is for what it is, is that. A lot of people have been given a lot of lies as facts. A lot of people are given a lot of facts as truth. There is a plumber and electrician. He comes into a room and the electrician automatically knows what is going on within this particular room. The plumber knows the same. The problem is for the person living in that particular room, how would you know if there's an electrical problem from a water problem? How do you know if it's both? How do you know if these things got crisscrossed? What if I told you the American people, just like that person in that particular room, as this parable or example I am giving out is not even taught what to look for and that the only thing the American people have been taught about all of these things is that the room is failing and we need to get a new room where everything can be taken care of if you just support a person trying to get you out of that room. But the new room is actually full of traps and dangers. In reality, it's actually a pod with two straws for your lunch and dinner. Think about that deeply. We'll continue with the second segment right after this on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Hey folks, welcome back to the second segment of Beyond This Earth. We want to start with the semiconductor war. There is a very interesting article on Substack done by Ashiwara Narajan. And pretty much I'm going to read two particular interesting comments here. About five years ago, when when she was working for Samsung R&D in Austin, Texas, all of a sudden, several of our Chinese Oregon colleagues started living for no-name startups. Turns out a bunch of these startups have been funded by the Chinese government to kickstart their homegrown chip design. 
The employees were off the two to three times deterrent salaries, the opportunity to go back to town for extended periods of time, as well as declared national heroes. A lot of my colleagues who were only children in during the height of the one-child policy, this was impossible to pass up. Would you blame them for wanting to be closer to their aging parents? The husband of the article writer, meanwhile, was working in arm, a British semiconductor IP licensing company. He swapped over for working to NVIDIA for a few years now. The IP is worth in 99% of every mobile and embedded device in the world and mints royalty since they are a design-only shop that lets licensees their manufacturing costs and risks. They successfully, accidentally, in my opinion, when Intel it refused to entertain Apple's iPhone chip business in 2005. He continues in later articles here. The next best semiconductor vaping lab is owned by Samsung in South Korea, not too terribly far from North Korea's supposed nukes. Lots of just funny stuff happens in the industry. In 2018, Bloomberg reported a backdoor that China has shoehorned into chess manufactured by our data centers. Edit, apparently this has been debunked. All the shenanigans with Huawei. The Trump administration's ban on China state-backed semiconductor factoring company. Said company poaching our top engineers from TSMC. China blocking U.S.-based Qualcomm's takeover at NXP due to regulatory concerns. Qualcomm, by the way, tried for years to crack the Chinese market, only to be slapped with the largest fine in the corporate history of China. The UK up in arms, doing on by losing their last big semiconductor company to the US. In comes Jensen Huang, founder and CEO of NVIDIA. He's the Elon Musk of the chip industry with a penchant for black Fendi leather jackets and show button. He's also trying to name a new law technology factor himself, a la Gordon Moore over Moore's and Moore's Law. He's a former formidable CEO. He founded a company on his 30th birthday when they noticed that the graphics car market used in video games were underserved. NVIDIA rolled the wave of gaming, tried his hand in smartphones, dominated scientific supercomputing, and was able to early understand that the computing required for AI and blockchain mapped very well to its inherent strengths. He also been undertaking Commoditize Your Components Playbook. The software stack to program the graphics car CUDA is free for developers and is heavily pushed into universities to get young developers into contributing to the ecosystem of this particular company. So read the rest of the article. It's a fascinating article. It is connected to this whole China thing and the semiconductor war, which is connected to the whole thing concerning with TikTok. It's a fascinating story. And really, it's just some things in this geopolitics is connected to gaming in ways that people cannot predict. So all of it is connected. Don't say it isn't, it is. There was an article from the New York Times saying that George Floyd dies, businesses leave, and the community, the immigrant community started to have losses in their companies as well. 
as they turned the place that George Floyd passed away into a shrine of sorts. And the looting and all the rest of it that happened in Minneapolis has caused a lot of consternation in those communities, the lack of policing. There is also an article about the policing and it's caused more crime to rise as people feel as though that the police can't be trusted and they are giving carte blanche to do whatever they, they wish. I want to go to an interesting argument that is related to what we're going to talk about more. That's Alan Moore. And the concept of this thing is what is the concept of conservatism as a whole? What are we conserving? Should we even use that word anymore? Because in many ways, it lost all its meaning and in many different ways, it's lost all its punch, panache, flavor of the month, year, decade, what have you. But Michael Greer, that's John Michael Greer from Michael Sophia, is a Edward Burkean conservative. Moderate, mostly. I'm a little bit more, let's say, if we're going to talk about Burkean conservatism, I'm a more towards the edge of it, but I disagree wholeheartedly on constitutional, any form of monarchy I disagree with. But there are some merits to that type of political dot that Edward Burke put out many years ago. And I think that a lot of people would have done, have done themselves a great disservice by leaving that type of conservatism and thinking that it was all monarchical and not working on refining it. I did not say progressive refining but a but an understanding and a recognition that we can't human beings are just way too complex and liberals do not understand this to just go along to be along we just see with the mask issue especially with this mask issue especially with this mask issue that they're overdoing it. The governments are overdoing it. That there is a scandal that the major media uh, local stations are not looking into outside of the crime wave that is going on in the major cities is the hot is the um old folks' homes. The and what they did with the COVID patients in these particular homes. Then also not talking about what happened before the lockdown began with these viruses and all of the stories coming out with these particular things that were happening in Chinatown and all the rest of it. And then the hypocrisy that comes up from there. 
This leads me into what I want to discuss with Alan Moore. Alan Moore had an interview with Deadline, and again, Deadline said, oh, we're not, are you working in the comic book industry? And Alan Moore says in his gravelly voice, no, I'm not working in the comic book industry, my, my dear fellows. Why would you keep asking me these questions? You know, as a British um, labor who believe in labor and labor uh, uh, issues, these things are close to um, these uh, uh, um, uh, um, fascist entities. I have not watched a superhero film since the Burton um, 1989 Batman, and I have left ever since then because they were heading towards those type of ideals. These superhero things were meant for 13-year-old boys, 9 to 13-year-old boys in the age of life, and we have not told stories that really matter to uh, the people that things are more complicated than they seem, and the complications are able to be understood in that sort of thing. This is pretty much what Moore was talking about in the interview. Folks, I have to make this very clear, and it's related to what we were just discussing. All liberals, in many ways, are just deeply embarrassed, failed conservatives. Deeply embarrassed failed conservatives. And they're failed conservatives in the sense that a lot of them are degenerate concerning the aspects of sex. Sex and sexual favors and sexual uh, 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 promiscuity and sexual hangups. And they use this, cons they use liberalism to. Shoot themselves in the foot in the point of trying to control all all all, all people. To, to resolve their guilt that they may have done something or their parents have done something or their grandparents have done something in the past that was wrong. They take these things from what happened in the past and they try to integrate into themselves not as a learning lesson, but as a lesson to beat people over the heads with it while absolving themselves of the sins they have done. And all Alan Moore is, and ultimately is, in one sense, he's missed his calling on the noir dramas of the past. He missed his calling with the pulp. Um, work of comic books, even though he doesn't like comic books. He missed his calling with the movies, whereas he wanted to be with the Scorseses and the Francis Ford Coppola's of the world. He says he's on that level. In some cases, if you see his work, you can have a case and say, yeah, he did all these other things. But the way the comic book industry treated him, you can have an understanding why all oh, these guys are right wing and whatnot. But again, he misses the point because a lot of people try to say we are all revere Alan Moore and we want to write just like him.
But they forgot that Jack Kirby wrote fantastic stories for 13 to from 9 to 13 year olds that stand the test of time even up to this day. Stan Lee did, Dicko did, Jim Shooter did, all of them did, Claymont did. I can understand why he dismisses comic book industry movies as of the part modern day. I understand why he dismisses it, but it is a part of a much larger problem. Zizek almost got this right, and he almost got it right better than more can ever explain. Zizek mentions that it has to deal with politics, and it has to deal with the situations with the war on terror. And he explained it in a way that basically it says that society, unfortunately, whether people like it or not, is going through some sort of mutation. And that mutation is going to express themselves in the future, not in the past. So he was explaining the riots that happened in France in 2005. He's speaking that these people are here. How are you going to handle them? Now we're seeing aspects of this future being exploited and exposed in the Black Lives Matter movement as it moves all over the world. But Alan Moore, unfortunately for him, does not understand that there are even worse problems that brought about this particular thing. America, unfortunately, had already erased people like Alan Moore, Jim Shooter, all these other things, Claymont as a form, and all the rest of these things, as they tried to get Tom Marflane, Reifeld, and all these other things as bigger stars than others were in the past. And not to get everybody wrong, Marflane and Reifeld had some fans, and Marflane is one of the better talents out there. But even Stan Lee understands the problem. And they never and they never really got it. And you began to see the weaknesses in their story arcs as things started to move on. One of the problems that people don't recognize and realize is this. Your society, when it's writing stories for its entertainment and all these other things, has to put some form of form of a arc and an understanding of the arc and a recognition that anybody can write this if they follow these certain rules. They don't teach this in school. One of the things that kills Alan Moore's arguments is that 
Alan Moore is seen by a lot of theater kids. Neil Gaiman as well. A lot of theater kids, a lot of DSA members, a lot of them as the quintessential great storyteller of the age. And both men have proven this. So we're not saying they're lying, but they use their greatness as a form of pretentiousness to damn everybody else who doesn't want to write that particular way. And it's affected how they see Japanese anime, how they see uh, other works from other entities as well, how they accept um, South Korean works, how they accept all the other works from other places as well, as a form of saying, oh, this is what Alan Moore likes, I must like it too, and all these other things. Oh, this is Viva Vendetta. Oh, this, she came from the same place there, but she don't like transitioning and all the rest of these things and whatnot. And Harry Potter is the way I was raised. It was 700 pages. People were not reading anymore. It was theater kid pretentiousness that basically hurts the legacy of Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman in so many ways that you cannot pr possibly predict. It is one of the reasons why a lot of these nerd culture folks, as it were, defend, say, uh, a Joss Wilden and all the rest of them, defend their work, their directorial work with these movies, even though Scorsese, Coppola, and all of them will never agree on that aspect. Never. And that is because of the way they saw movies is completely different from the corporate way that they are making movies right now. And the corporate way of them making movies right now is now heading towards the woke end, which more espouses, promotes, and says is the wave of the future, but is partly the reason why the business is going to suffer because woke culture and the people that are writing in this particular aspect may all have been influenced by more, but don't have the talent, don't have the discipline, don't even have the same concepts in religion and the way they see religion and the way they see politics as more has had been since his early years in Britain from 17 onward, from 17 years old onward. There's another thing, and I'm going to make this fast. People need to understand. There is a limit in superhero cult in superhero tell storytelling. That's true. One of the problems I am beginning to realize and why superheroes keep failing, why we don't have successful cartoon, why all the cartoons of superheroes are trapped behind paywalls and all the rest of these things. And whatnot. One of the reasons I'm beginning to I'm beginning to sense is that 
the way we see life, the way we see things, the way our entertainment is done, they need to move towards the only story that can be successful with adults, not necessarily superheroes, but can be seen as respected is the Norwish crime story. And the dealings with corruption and how people deal with life. And nobody can tell that story as well as they thought they could do. So they all use this magic tricks. They all these day to have a connection to each other. But the only story that can succeed long term is the Norris storyline. But the problem is it was erased or it moved towards horror. And then horror has been used as a way of a recompense, as it were, to society. As a way to see society in the way that psychological fears can be expressed. But too much horror and fear starts to build in everywhere you look. And they start to try to interfere with that fear, interfere with that reality, as we see with Lovecraft Country, a horrible show with a with a premise that tries to expose on uh, on the issues of racism that obviously that Lovecraft had and tried to give a love letter to Alan Moore, to Neil Gaiman and others and saying that, look, we're just as good as you. That's not what we're looking for. That's not what the audience is looking for. Do you know want to know what the most successful television franchise right now is? Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai was based on one movie, The Karate Kid, written by a bunch of folks that just wanted to talk about the 80s and and all the cultures that were and the culture that was of that time. And now it lived through that time. And the rivalry is there. All these things are there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And all these theater kids supporting Alan Moore missed the point. And Alan Moore, in some ways, missed the point as well. In many ways. But there is a point that he has to make about these films. And a lot of it is... A countercultural issue with the way a country sees itself and sees its future. Um, one more note. I know it's a little a little long, but we also having issues with this coronavirus that's now pumping up with the NFL. As of this recording, both the Bears and the Chiefs have positive tests. There will be more details as it comes out concerning that as well. So we are going to be dealing with this for the rest of the year and possibly right up until the middle of next. We'll be back with more of Beyond This Earth Season 2, Episode 3, right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages.
now return you to beyond this earth. While not linked on the linked page that we use for today's episodes and upcoming episodes of beyond this earth, there is an interesting, um, how should we say it, thread out there that talks about this Jumanji spell. So on TikTok, the same TikTok that Kellyanne Conway's daughter is using in order to break HIPAA laws, possibly, there is this strange Jumanji spell that is going all over the internet, and a lot of Gen Zers are in this particular gig. Basically, it says this. Or it's done like this. The coronavirus and all of us and this pandemic is basically us going through a portal on the 13th to the 17th of this year. And that the portal took us to a parallel dimension where we have lockdowns and all these things happening and the cancellation of sports and whatnot. So, the idea goes like this. That on the 13th of November, every teenager, any Zen answer, and all the rest of them that believe in this, will all say at a certain time, Jumanji, and everybody in the earth will jump back into normal time. The pandemic ends like nothing took place. We all go back to work. We all go back to school. And everything else is everything else. Well... Certain interested folks came up and said, well, it is a form of idea of magic, but it's not working the way you think it is. It's more connected to mundane astrology, astrology elections, and all the rest of those things. But it's not really connected to this whole occult thing, as it were. Although they did say that Ouija boards are kind of dangerous. I just find it interesting these days that a lot of people are getting back into or getting into astrology again, even though it's still considered chick crack in certain ways it is. Because it's still, you see it all over. The first religion, I'm telling you this, and I, I, I make an observation about this. Everybody's made this observation before. The first religion any woman gets into is not Catholicism. It isn't Islam. It isn't Judaism. It isn't even Buddhism or Shintoism. The first religion any woman gets into by the time she reaches eight years old has to do with astrology. 
That's the first religion she ever knows, and that is the only religion she will ever truly believe in. And it's kind of scary to think about it if you really think about this and how they tried to do A lot of women tried to connect, and, and this is especially with Walter Mercado, especially with the uh, 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 in the Latin American communities. Walter Mercado was a, such a big star because he always did horoscopes. So you have this thing called Christian astrology and of that particular nature that a lot of women get into. A lot of women get into, especially Latin American women. They, they, they know the story every time. Look, do you know that a lot of, a lot of Latino men get their head busted open? Well, not really busted open, but anytime Walter Mercado came out on the TV, they get smacked on the back of their bums or the back of their heads. Every single time, there's a certain age group that gets that day. Ever since he died, you don't happen. But every time, whack, if they said anything out of term whenever Walter Mercado came along, uh, uh, um, did his horoscopes. It's amazing to think about that. It's just something y'all need to think about this magic things and all the rest of it. John Michael Greer is a very interesting character. He is going to talk about Jay Christian Community and is kind of related to what Zoe Williams was trying to talk about in his recent shows weeks and weeks weeks before about Jay Christian Murray. He's a huge fan of him. And we're going to discuss that hopefully episode five on uh, Beyond This Earth. And we're going to really get into that. So I really want to focus those 20 minutes in the second segment for that one. So, folks, we'll be back after this with the final segment and a whole lot more right after this on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. Hello, folks. Welcome back. Final segment. Let's talk about there is more water on Mars. We found an underground reservoir on Mars, possibly the place where we are going to start the landing on Mars and possibly, hopefully, try to get some fresh water on Mars and not get that radiation through our skins and all the rest of it. Go and travel all over the places. But we'll see if that's going to be a landing spot for that one. Take a look at that video done by... Um, Size sports, uh, size, size show science, uh, space, excuse me, for that one. So far, we have not found any alien broadcast from CERN and all the other places. SETI, CERN, we have not found any alien broadcast. Disappointing, not found any alien broadcast, but we have found some possible signs of life on Venus and Mars and other places, but no alien broadcasts as we have known it right now. And in one other interesting note, the time travel paradox has been solved. 
We can't go back in time. We can go forwards in time. But the grandfather paradox cannot happen. Here's what they tried to say in this study. The study states that, yes, we can go forwards in time. But if we go backwards in time, we cannot affect the future. Or if we do affect the future, certain things will take place to make sure that the present stays the way it is. So some screwy shit would take place that would say, oh, somebody screwed up and fixed it. So which means we can only observe fully things that happened in the past. We can only change maybe a few trinkets here or there, but we cannot change the past in order to affect the future. We can only go to the future and change the future that affects the present. It's crazy. But they said that the time paradoxes has been solved. This is on the same particular time that they found two particular time crystals and matched up together in quantum mechanics. So interestingly enough, time is not what people say it is. <laughs> Who knows, we really could go back in time and figure out what we really are. That will be more scary than anything I would have ever witnessed, except this particular pandemic. Well, there were two major deaths in music. One of them, Eddie Van Halen, a legendary guitarist, one of the greatest guitars of all time. He was fighting cancer for so many years. He recently passed away. And he was married to Valley Bertinari, and they were both in their 20s. It was a real love affair. It was a love that um, doesn't really exist anymore, even though there's some shocking things that happened in that marriage. But men and women used to do those particular things. It was a different time. It was... A time when people respected certain things that men could do. And this man was a special guitarist from a very special group. And you know him from the guitar riff from Michael Jansen's Beat It. Everything's connected to that young, to the legendary King of Pop. And so the other person that passed away, I can see clearly now. He passed away. He was the man that brought about Bob Marley and his group over to the United States. And they began their rise all over the States. And what a loss. Both men. That was Johnny Nash who passed away. And all the connections with the legendary heroes of yesteryear interestingly enough about um mr halen van halen had had to deal with a lot of racism 
in um in in his life in particular when the dutch were in indonesia and had control of indonesia during the times of colonialism his father was a traveling musician van halen married a indonesian woman and that's how both alex and eric van halen were born and so they had to deal with all of that as they went through life and so another particular connection with <laughs> Gamora for some strange reason and both from the same their father came their mother and their father came from the same country and they had changed the world in music they just saw him as a great musician nobody cared about his mixed race status or anything and same thing with bob marley so all those connections are all come into place and they all have connection to michael jackson that will tell you a lot so next week on beyond this earth we will talk about the left and the right again any updated news concerning what's going on with uh donald trump and the election as it heads towards its nadir hopefully nothing too serious here we're gonna let you know about our specials that will be coming soon concerning with the fourth book of rollo tomasi's rational marital series i haven't been updated much on that particular thing but i'm hoping we can get a date and we'll let you know what happens after that it's gonna take a while for me to read the books um i'm just letting you guys know we're gonna reach episode five by next in two weeks and then we will do two more episodes, episode six, seven, and eight, three more episodes, excuse me, episode six, seven, and eight. And then from there, we go to the specials, and then we go to episode nine, 10, and 11, possibly next year. I want to give five parts to the specials if we can get that done. Or we will do, we will go to 10 episodes, and then if I finish the books by then, it will be um uh the five episodes and then we do 11 through 15 before we take off for two week break sometime around not february maybe march april sometime before uh the end of lent start of easter so we might go to 17 before we reach that particular aspect so folks Thank you for listening. It's been a long week, and it's going to get longer from here. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Beyond This Earth. Take care of yourselves. See you guys next week. Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.